0: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. My name is Chris Shatterright for the Viking Age as well as Zone Coverage and Bring Me the News. My co-host is Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age, which has a new look, by the way, which you should go and check out. Uh, Very snazzy over there. But... Uh, we do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. If you miss us, we're available in podcast form on Apple, Spotify the very next day. I don't know why my eye is itching, but we'll work around that. Uh, however you consume us, though, rate, comment, subscribe, like, do all those cool YouTube and Spotify, Apple things. Uh, so you never miss a new episode. Adam, I'm not one for small talk, so we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, Trey Lance is back in the news again. Uh, the Vikings and Trey Lance, it's almost like Kirk Cousins and Kyle Shanahan. It just never dies. We just keep hearing about it over and over. But NFL's Ian Rappaport said that several teams are looking to do a trade for the Marshall native. Hey, he's from Minnesota. Uh, and (laughs) a lot of people wondered, Hey, we're wonder if the Vikings were one of those teams. Well, pro football talks, Mike Florio Reported from an anonymous source, gotta love those this time of year, that the Vikings and 49ers talked about Trey Lance at the NFL Scouting Combine. So to start off today, I will ask you straight up, Adam, what is the percentage that Trey Lance winds up a Minnesota Vikings?
1: Um, I'd probably go right now, Uh, I'd put it at like 48 and, you know, 48-52 be be the, the ratio. 52% he's not there, 48 he is. Um, I think there's a good chance because there's just there's too much to connect the dots between the two teams um, that you could see it happening. There's other teams, too, where that have plenty of connections, too, as well. You know, they got the Titans. They just got a new GM who's coming from the Niners. They need a quarterback to replace Ryan Tannehill. there's plenty of other teams that need quarterbacks as well. And the Texans, they just hired D'Amico Ryans from the 49ers. They might be interested in him since it doesn't seem like they're too interested in C.J. Stroud if he falls to them. Um, But. Yeah, I think the chances, there's there's, there's a chance for sure, especially because the Vikings, you know, Kirk Cousins, he's still only under contract until 2024. So uh, right now you have to have at least some sort of plan. And if you're going to invest, if you don't think you're going to be able to land one of the quarterbacks that you like in this year's draft class, then, you know, Trey Lance might be a good person to think about investing. in. he's still, what, 22. He hasn't played a lot in the NFL. I know a lot of people are out there like, oh, he's... He's been, he hasn't been good in the NFL. Well, he hasn't really played. Um,
0: and the game so, he played in was in a monsoon. Yeah, like, and then he got hurt the next that. game. Yes.
1: So, like, it's really difficult to judge him based on his NFL production, how good he can be, especially because when well, he's still 22. And then he was good in college. He was he was really good. Um, so people tend to just forget about that, how really, really good he was in college. And he has a he has a lot of good traits. He would be going in an offense with Kevin O'Connell. Where they would, you know, play to his strengths, try and get the most out of him. I don't think they would run him as much as Kyle Shanahan wanted to. Um, they would, you know, let him use his running ability to, uh, you know, escape pressure and things and and create different things. But I don't think it would be like a, it wouldn't be a Lamar Jackson type of offense where like he's gonna get ten carries a game regardless. Um, so that would be interesting. But um, there's a chance too because. And the Niners don't have, they don't have a first or a second round pick this year. So they're looking, uh, to get something. Would, would, would I be okay if the Vikings gave up their first this year for Trey Lance? I, I That's don't know. About, rich. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. If, if it was like, we give you a first in Trey Lance and then you get like our second next year. Um, maybe, but I don't know. I, I would, I would be fine if it was like the Niners were like, we want your third round pick this year. It's like, okay, fine. Take it. Cause that seems like, price that they can probably afford it's a it's a lower risk still and right now you still get to take advantage of trey lance's uh rookie contract even if you sit him for a year you still get a year to take advantage of that contract um and he's from minnesota obviously so you know he's gonna there's gonna be that connection the wilfs would love that um but i still yeah i think there's a lot of upside to trying to potentially add him so i think the chances right now 48 percent, he's there
0: he's with the vikings 52 he's not you know i think the first thing i hear when i talk hear about trey lance rumors is uh well trade trade for kirk you can't trade kirk like kirk's got no trade clause you can't do that they can coexist on the same roster um i know trey lance has a nine million dollar cap hit, which would have to be worked out but i i mean i would think like here's the thing so if they trade for trey lance you basically take a flyer on him right you see how he develops in a year if he does the whole Kellen mon thing you go okay we're out i I mean that's where i say you don't give up your first because if you know he just looks like a train wreck behind the scenes well Mm -hmm. then you have a problem like that that's gonna put you in a big hole but if it's something along the lines of a third round pick i think that's probably the magic number um I think that would be a good trade for the Vikings. Get a guy, have him sit behind Kirk for a year. And if Kirk, like if Trey Lance comes in with his track record, the guys barely played football in the last three years, right? He had a couple of spot starts in his rookie year. Last year, we mentioned he played in that monsoon. Then he broke his leg. And even the year before that, the FCS season was canceled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So his last full season was four years ago. He hasn't played a lot of football. So a lot of people who are like, well, he sucked when he was on the field. Go back and watch Lamar Jackson during his rookie year because it did not look like he was going to be a franchise quarterback. And there's still some people out there who think he's not a franchise quarterback. But like when you get actual reps at quarterback as a first-string quarterback, and I think in that offense, he could definitely do the billing for the 49ers. he just hasn't had that opportunity. um I think the other thing we need to consider is that I think the 49ers are just fed up with it and like just done um because John Lynch has the title of general manager, but offensive genius Kyle Shanahan runs that team. Mm-hmm. And there seemed to be a disconnect between those two the second that trade was made. You know, Kyle Shanahan talks about his prototypical quarterback as Kirk Cousins. And you have to ask yourself then, what does Kirk Cousins do well? He's a pocket passer. He goes through his reads. He's accurate. Uh, He minimizes risks. Those are all things that Trey Lance doesn't do. He's off the cuff. His accuracy is a little bit waning. He's more of a running quarterback. He's more mobile. Like, remember when they made that trade, there was a rumor that the 49ers wanted Mac Jones. So there is a chance the 49ers are sitting there just viewing this as a sunk cost and like, let's get something for him. I know they're going to push for a first rounder. I know they're going to push for a second rounder. But if it's a third, would you rather have somebody like Dorian Thompson Robinson or Tanner McKee Uh, compared to Trey Lance. I would take Trey Lance and I would see what I could do with him. If he sucks and you have like a third rounder invested, you just go, okay, didn't work. Like you took Mm -hmm. a swing, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's more of a swing towards a franchise quarterback Mm -hmm. than, you know, just, okay, well, we're going to take a quarterback in the third round. And and the Mm -hmm. other thing, I, I don't think I spit this out, but if Kirk Cousins is upset that Trey Lance is there and like, oh my god, you guys don't like me. Bye. Well, that yeah, that, see it, dude. Like, <laughs> honestly, this is this is what's happening. We are moving on from you. Like every every sign, the fact the Vikings are looking at every quarterback in the draft, the fact that the Vikings are talking about Trey Lance, they have an eye towards the future. And sorry, dude, you're 35 years old. You're not in it. So <laughs> I, I mean, if. <laughs> If, if you get sad and like, Oh, I want to go play for cut, do it, do it. I, and I mean, at this point, yeah, I know Kirk is great, but I mean, this whole season has been about ripping band-aids off and mm-hmm. Kirk cousins has to be one of them. He's got to be one of them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think you just mentioned it. like, even if Trey Lance comes in and he's not good, he's not the franchise quarterback. You took that chance, took that risk. That's all you can ask of this regime to just take those chances, take a risk. And this would, this would be one. So I, that, if they did it, I'd be fine. You know, people, I think a lot of us would still have, we still have plenty of questions about, you know, Trey Lance, if, if he can be good or not. Um, no one, no one really knows. So people who are declaring that he's good or bad, no one, you really don't know right now. And, and it depends on the system, depends on his weapons, depends on his health, everything. Um, just don't know. But if, if Quasi, Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell feel like they can bring in, trey lance and help him and he can help the vikings offense get to a different level uh you know you know present that uh illusion of complexity that uh kevin o'connell likes to talk about so much then you know then then go for it if if this is their guy and i don't think they can get a will levis or an anthony richardson then go for it like because you don't have much time very
0: similar to like anthony Richardson, like like you said like
1: they only have three years left on their their current contracts, um, Kweisi and Kevin O'Connell. So it's not like they have a ton of time to make moves. If they want something to happen, if they want to have time to develop a quarterback, a move probably has to be made this year. So they have to, you know, and this could be one way to do it. And I think uh, it's very timely that this report from Ian Rappaport came out, who works for the NFL, so obviously has team sources. So this is coming from the Niners we are like, Hey guys, you know, it's like, uh, almost time for the draft. So we just want to let you know that, uh, we're fielding calls for Trey Lance. We're not, we're not calling anybody, but you know you want to call us about him just go right ahead and, and we'll be willing to listen to whatever you you know want to offer and, and maybe we can talk about it
0: it's a lot how like you know rick spielman would go up during his pre-draft press Don't conference intend. And like, we're we're field we're fielding a lot of calls right now i'm yeah. basically like ranger smith like when yogi bear steals some picnic baskets like <laughs> i really just dated myself with that reference but go look it up kids um you know all the phones are ringing and he's got like one on each you know year or whatever um like, I look at the market, there's a lot of teams that could use Trey. I mean, I think the Niners could get a bigger pick than we think mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Texans, you mentioned it. There are some connections there. Um, if they're not sold on a quarterback in this class or just don't want him to get killed because that's a terrible infrastructure for a quarterback right now, uh, Trey Lance would be a good bridge. Uh, the Titans, I mean, you mentioned Rand Carthons in the front office now, at general manager. Uh, Mike Frabel loves running the football and Trey Lance can run. So there is that.
1: They drafted uh, Malik Willis. So they, mm-hmm. they obviously like that playing style or whatever, or the, at least the
0: old GM did who got fired. The commanders. I don't really know what they're doing there. I couldn't tell you who's no, like, I, I think Taylor Heineke left. So like they're, they don't have right. a quarterback right now. That's, that's not ideal. And then you have the bucks who, um, Kyle Trask is an it man. Um, you, you know, mentioned what, the Falcon. you
1: just you skimmed over the Falcons. That could be this a This is true. Yes. Too yes. and then uh even the Lions. I wouldn't I wouldn't I've seen a couple uh Lions reporters or whatever being like they they got two first round picks. They should take a little peek and see if they can get Trey It's Not like Jared Goff is he's okay oh, he's he's in the Kirk Cousins like yeah. treading water area where like he's okay, but he's not going to get he's he's been to a Super Bowl, but he wasn't the reason the Rams went to the Super Bowl. He's a starter in this league. He's
0: accurate, blah, blah, blah. Just Um,
1: keep an an eye on the Lions. But I I think the the Niners, if they trade Lance, they would like to get him out of the NFC. uh, If, in fact, he ends
0: up being good. And you know what, too? Um, You know who the 49ers should target? And, like, this would be really interesting if they do, like, let's say the Titans get get froggy and they give Mm -hmm. them their first-round pick, right? They should draft Hennon Hooker. (laughs) Cause honestly, like he would be a great quarterback in that system where Mm -hmm. he's all those things that I mentioned. He's a little bit more mobile. Yeah. He's got the knee thing, but I mean, one read offense, basically like that was Mm -hmm. one of the criticisms of Kirk cousins is like, he locks into his first read. Well, that's because Kyle Shanahan's offense is a one read and go offense. Mm -hmm. Like there's not a lot of options. I mean, there's a lot of options, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, is this read there? Okay. Or the ball is supposed to be here. It's supposed to be on time. Like all those little things. I think Hendon Hooker could operate that great, and you could probably shove that in my face, and be like, "That's why the Vikings should draft him." Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that you know, if the Niners went ahead with Brock Purdy and Hendon Hooker as that insurance policy in case like Brock comes back too soon and he's got a noodle arm, okay, well, we got Hendon Hooker. It's just a knee. Um, <laughs> so, it's tis a flesh wound, mm-hmm. just a torn ACL. Um, last question on this. What does all this say about Kirk Cousins with the Vikings doing all this due diligence? They're just,
1: it's another another sign that the Vikings are looking at the future and they're looking to, to move on. It's not necessarily saying like Kirk Cousins is automatically gone after the season. There's a very good chance that it happens. But right now, the Vikings are like, Kirk, if you go ball out, and you, you lead us to the, like, the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. Then, you know, there's a, there might be a good chance that you come back. But w- we don't see that happening. So we're going to do, you know, what's best for us and look to the future and scout these young quarterbacks and look into some young young quarterbacks that we could trade for and invest in our future. Because, you know, right now, you're not the guy that's probably going to lead us to where we want to get within the next five years. So yeah. Some, it's just another sign that that. That they're they're ready. They're just they're ready to move on from Kirk Cousins. They can say whatever they want to say. Like he's our guy or whatever. Like he's can't accurate. Wait. He's a starter you know, in this league. I can't wait to see yeah. him in the in the offense and in year two. See what he can do. I'm gonna be rooting for him and all the stuff that Kevin O'Connell says. Um, but yeah, there is this just a another sign that the Vikings are are looking to looking ahead past Kirk Cousins.
0: Well, let's look ahead to some of the things that were said at OTAs this week. The Vikings got together. It was basically like syllabus day. I think I said uh, celibate day. <laughs> um, other words. Same, same start to the word, just different meaning. With, you know, <laughs> you get some letters mixed around and whatever. So, mm-hmm. uh, but basically... Yeah, uh Louis was one of the people who talked to the media. It it is like it is interesting seeing who talked to the media. Because like you expect Adam Dillon and Eric Kenton is like, oh, those guys aren't gone. We got Jordan Hicks up here talking to us. Uh, we have Louis Scene and like a whole bunch of like KJ Osborne is doing interviews. It's like, wait, what? Um, but Louis Scene. It looks like his recovery is going very well. Uh, Scene says he intends to be ready to play at the beginning of the season, but, quote, I'm not going to mess anything up or be in a rush. He worked out with the Vikings on Tuesday. Uh, I assume he worked out with them. But, and, and they're not doing on-field stuff. They're just, like, basically lifting weights I and think. being like, right, yep. yeah. And, and you know, going in there and be like, I'm, uh, I'm Brian. I'm your new defensive coordinator. Hey, what's up? Actually, it was probably like, all right, listen, you MFers. Let's see what's going on here. <laughs> Um, Harrison Smith said, "I forgot completely. Forgot he was hurt. So I'll ask you this: How much of a difference do you think Seen can make on the Vikings' defense this year?
1: Oh, a lot. Um, I think Brian Flores will be able to get a lot more out of him than Ed Donna, Ed Donatel was gonna ever be able to. Um, uh, just uh, just because of the aggressiveness that Flores likes to to utilize in his defense, and and seen is perfect for that. Scene has a lot of speed. He hits with power. He can tackle well." Um, I think he's, he's a great fit for Flora's defense. So I think if he can, if he can be healthy, um, and stay healthy, his, his, I remember his injury was, his, it was pretty, it was a freak accident. His, his ankle got caught up in the turf. Someone fell on it. Like it's just, that's a football injury, but it's, it's also just a very low chance of, of happening again. That's not one where you're like, it's going to be, uh, you know, something that's going to happen every year. Cause it's not, um, now the one thing I would worry about is last year at this time, you know, everyone was excited about seeing and him. Everyone was basically penciling him, him into the starting lineup, and then he wasn't in there. Start the season, and people are a little worried. Like, what, is he picking up this defense or not? Now, was that you know partly because of Ed Edontel's decision, or was it someone else? So, is is he going to be is he, is he going to be slow to learn the Flores system, or is Flores going to just put him into the fire and say, you know, whatever because it's not like this defense was good last year anyway. So what's, you know, it, he's going to make mistakes whenever he gets on the field. He's going to make mistakes. Now, is he going to, is it worth keeping him on the field? Cause he's going to make more plays than mistakes. That, that might be something that they, they consider because you could either have him on the field and he can make some great plays, make some mistakes, or you could have Cam Bynum. So on the field, who's also going to make mistakes and make some okay plays and get, you know, run over by the ref. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about seeing, but I'm, Keeping my expectations low just because I feel like we're kind of similar in a similar spot last year where everyone was like, yes, this, this kid's going to come in. He's going to, you know, just be a game breaker and be make a huge impact on the Vikings defense. And then uh, he wasn't a starter. He was a special teams guy.
0: I'm really curious as to what impact Steen would have made last year for the Vikings um, had he not gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder like Brian Asamoah didn't play at all during the early part of the season. And then towards the end, he was making some plays and everybody's really excited about him. I wonder if as the year went on, would seen have gotten some of those snaps as they were resting Harrison? Like I think they put Josh Metellus out there, who's yep. basically a special teamer. Um, like would they have used seen a little bit, and, and would Donatel have schemed seen a little bit differently? Yeah. Would we yeah. have seen well? And here's like one area where it could have happened. I, I don't think it would have, right. but you know, Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks were so slow in coverage. Seen was right. kind of seen as like this hybrid safety linebacker guy. Right would they have put scene in the linebacker as a linebacker, as a guy that could blitz, a guy that could cover, and all of those things? We just don't know because he wound up breaking his leg in the first I could take a very season. good
1: guess that Ed Donatel would not use him like that because he just didn't do anything. But I
0: mean, they did talk about three safety (laughs) looks at the beginning of the year. Yeah, So something happened Mm -hmm. between the draft and the beginning of the season where Ed Donatel said, I'm just going to play shell defense the Mm -hmm. entire time. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think Ed Donatel came in here and was like, we're just going to place shell defense and back off and everything. Like he probably looks around, saw the lack of speed and I'm not, you know, I'm not defending Ed Donatel for anything. Please it's just <laughs> this roster was not ready for the type of defense right. that Kevin O'Connell wanted to play. Right. So that, I mean, if you probably, you know, gun to Ed Donatel's head, like, why did you play shell? He's like, this roster sucks. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that would probably be what he was saying. And you know, with Flores in here, and we'll talk about him in just a little bit. That's oh, it. Let's, let's, let's talk about Brian okay. Flores a little bit. Like you listen to some of the players that are talking right now. Uh, Harrison Smith said, you know, I like his mentality, how he relays information and how he thinks about things. Uh, Jordan Hicks said the aggressiveness, the ability to come in with a mindset of we're going to be a tough, good, physical, fast, and aggressive defense scene said he likes to let you loose and go play ball. I like to play fast football and let it loose. That's his scheme, what he's known for. I'm really excited to learn his defense. Like, Brian Flores is basically the anti-Donatel, like Kevin (laughs) O'Connell was the anti-Mike Zimmer. Mm -hmm. Like, they are just two different things. And I think that Lewis seen is going to be one of the players that benefits the most because they're going to use him like a rocket all over the field if if he can get down the defense because – that's one thing that's not being talked about. It's right. physically, he is a freak. He is yeah. a specimen mentally. He's probably a smart dude, but he is more of a, and Ed Donatelle mentioned this. He is more of an on-field learner than a yeah. classroom learner. Yeah. So how long does it take for him to like master the defense and know that he's not going to be a liability out there?
1: Yeah.
0: That's going to be the key for Lewis scene.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree with it. I, I mentioned that too. Like, even at Georgia it was there was some I know some people that covered Georgia they talked about Lewis scene was kind of kind of came along slowly when he got first got there and and by the time when he was like a junior or a senior he was you know just flying high and, and and doing well in that defense so it might take a little longer you know maybe maybe because we should we should kind of view this year as as scene's rookie year because he he played in what three games three and a half
0: mm-hmm.
1: last year so this is basically his his rookie and he's got Learn an entirely new defense again. Um he does get a little bit more time. He didn't have to spend his off season uh training to be a draft pick. So he gets like a couple extra months. Like as soon as Brian Flores got hired, he probably get like was able to get the playbook or the scheme and just start start learning things immediately. So that might benefit him uh more. But it sounds like everyone's very excited to play in Brian Flores' defense just because they just get they get to have fun on defense. Yeah. It's not they're not just standing there, like playing zone coverage all day, hoping someone doesn't, you know, get behind them. They're, there's, there's going out there and making plays. If they miss a tackle, so what? They're going to get another chance, uh, on the next play. So I, it's, it's nice to hear that players are excited to play defense because we, I don't think we've heard that for a while, uh, with the Vikings, not, not since probably 20. I would say this reminds me of like 2014 when Mike Zimmer first came in and, and players are just like excited to play in his, his system. And how much different it was than um, what Leslie Frazier system. So um, it's 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 encouraging to hear their excitement about Brian Flores.
0: Well, one of the players who is also excited about Flores is Harrison Smith. And you mentioned, you know, players were kind of annoyed with just standing oh, back man. and playing zone. Uh, what's that, Harrison Smith? Old man. Oh, yeah. I I thought you were looking down. So I thought you were looking down at your phone like there's some breaking news or something. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he was he was very upset, especially after that Giants game. Just like, why are you Mm -hmm. having me out in the parking lot? This is dumb. Uh, Harrison Smith actually admitted that he contemplated retirement Mm -hmm. before deciding to return to the Vikings, though. Uh, he said, it is not the first year I thought about retirement. You can't play forever, and it's a big world out there. Lots of things going on. It's fun to think about. Try to dabble in things here and there, but I can still all right, run all right. I can still catch all right. Uh, he went on to cite the Wolves' investment in the franchise, mm-hmm. and Brian Flores' hiring as reasons he came back. It just felt right, he said. Uh, Do you think that we'll see a better version of Harrison Smith in 2023? Or is this going to be the Adam Thielen lots of game left tour?
1: No, I think he'll be be back to the closer to the Harrison Smith that we came to new and love in in Zimmer's scheme. Because I think Flores is going to let him do more of the things that Zimmer allowed him to do to really just like kind of just roam on the field, be wherever he wants. You know, show blitz, don't show blitz, backpedal, super fast before the ball snap, things like that, that we're used to seeing from Harrison Smith. Cause he was really just, he was kind of just babysitting last year when he was out on the field, just oh. making up for, you know, the lack of skill around him. Just, you know, he's has, to, he had to sit back in coverage. He didn't get a lot of chances to blitz cause, well, they didn't really blitz a lot anyway. So, you know, there, were, how many times did we see, you know, Harrison Smith makes a tackle in the backfield, you know, for a loss on a, on a running back? We, we, we didn't see that last year just cause he did. And it's not because he wasn't able to it's just cause he didn't get the opportunities to do that. Cause he was never really brought to the line of scrimmage. Like, you know, he's, we're used to seeing from him. So I think he's going to, he's going to enjoy, um, being Flores, his system. I think the thing that the concern we should have with Harrison is just like his durability. He is getting older. Um, he has suffered a few injuries last year and, and recently as well. So that's, that's something to that keep in mind. Like he, He's probably going to play better, but you also have to worry about his his durability moving forward. Um, and then you mentioned the retirement thing. Do you think, after you mentioned that, do you think he would have signed with another team if he didn't play for the Vikings or would he re- retired?
0: That's a great question because I don't really know. I mean, when you look at where Harrison Smith could have landed, uh, it's hard for me to like think of a better landing spot. Like he could go ring chasing. Um, yeah. Like he could wind up in Chiefs. Kansas City yeah. or he could wind up, you know. Bengals. Philadelphia or the Bengals or some other good team. But um, this scheme that Brian Flores runs, I think, suits to his strengths. Yep. And I think like the other thing with Harrison Smith coming back to is the leadership aspect mm-hmm. because there aren't going to be a lot of familiar faces on this defense. No. Uh, you lost Patrick Peterson. You lost Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, maybe Harrison Phillips is like that leadership guy right yep. now, but you lose Eric Hendricks um like i said like the the press conferences were just telling because it's like oh uh, jordan hicks is talking oh lewis scene is talking um we'll probably hear from cam bynum at some point like yeah. we did last year he said he wanted to be greater than tom brady um it's going well that sounds way well. it's, it's going very well um he had that interception against the jets though that was yeah where he's like be right here. And then yep. it was right there. Yep. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm all for Harrison Smith being back. The age is a little bit of a concern if he does drop off. But, I mean, having that guy, especially for Lewis Seen, they, like, go to him and be like, hey, how did you do this? Because Lewis Seen is basically a faster version of Harrison Smith. Oh, yeah. So that, that makes me very excited to see and and remember too when Kevin O'Connell was hired he talked about Harrison Smith as like this like freelancing type of safety thing and it didn't happen Mm -hmm. so like I said something happened between then and the beginning of the season where Ed Donatell said no we're not doing any of that Mm -hmm. so that that's basically it
1: yeah I mean there's a reason Harry or Harrison Smith's name is his nickname is Harry the Hitman it's because he used to just like lay the wood on everybody Uh, back in the day. And I think a lot of people forget that how like how much of a, a great he would just be able to deliver great hits on people before they were became, I guess, a little bit more illegal to do to play the way that he played. Um, And I think scene has some of those those skills as well.
0: This is just a random thought. But like you ever realize that Bret Hart's sharpshooter was uh, or finisher was called the sharpshooter because he was called the hitman. Like it makes sense, right? I didn't I didn't, but yes, (laughs) it does make sense. (laughs) Like uh, just hitman wrestling brain. It's it's, it's really called
1: like what? Like a a, is it a is it a crab? Yeah, I think it's like Boston crab it's like a
0: modified Texas clover leaf Boston crab thing. Yeah. Um, fun fact, you aren't technically related unless you've put your uh brothers and sisters in the sharpshooter uh for <laughs> multiple minutes, anyway. Uh, <laughs> let's end this with some general manager rankings. So, yes, we are at that point, these actually dropped a week ago, but we haven't talked about them. Mm-hmm. And when I was kind of like, How should we end this? Um, I Found this on the Viking Age website. And Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com dropped his general manager rankings, and Quasi was ranked too new to be ranked. Um, But here's what he said Managing a team in transition, Adolfo Mensa helped the Vikings win the NFC North with smart moves and free agency in a timely trade for TJ Hawkinson. His first draft class is off to a slow start with very little production, despite four picks in the top 66. The Vikings' decision to start weaning themselves off the Kirk Cousins narcotic by passing on an extension this offseason was integral in setting up the franchise's next phase. Is there anything in that quote that you disagree with, Adam?
1: That I disagree with? uh, Not really, but uh, I really thoroughly enjoy the Kirk Cousins narcotic uh, line there. It's like a drug. It's like dopamine.
0: Oh, I need some more. Um. Yeah. Um, Give me that <laughs> check down on fourth and three, baby, or <laughs> fourth and eight. Sorry,
1: it's 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 that special Kirk Cousins uh narcotic. It's called Frick.
0: Um. <laughs> you take it. You say Frick. <laughs> <coughs> I've broken <it>, Adam. <laughs> oh. All right,
1: back. Um. <laughs> no, I mean he was. I think a lot of people know that he over mental wasn't really given the keys to the car, like. They gave him like half a key, uh, last year. They were like, they kind of gave him like a used car and they're like, see what you can do with this this year. And next year we'll work on, you know, buying you a new one. We'll save, start saving up some money to buy a new one. And he was like, okay. So he like, you know, got rid of some parts and put in some new, new ones and tried to soup it up as much as he could. And they won 13 games and then they lost the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. And you know, so the, you know, the, the battery died in the car that because it was, it's an old battery. Um, so. This year, he's getting more uh, ability to kind of mold this car into something that he feels will will work best for the the organization. Um, And a lot of people are a little skeptical of some of the moves that he's making, especially with Kirk. I know some people are like, oh, I don't know about this KOC and Koisi duo now. I'm like, they're in year two. Um, can, Can we give them, you know, a little bit like this isn't what I don't know. A lot of GMs that have come in and immediately just been like, contender, 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 contender. Like, doesn't usually happen like that. So, like, this takes time, especially when you're put in the situation that Quincy is where he doesn't get a lot of control the first year. And he kind of has to wait the second year to kind of do his thing. And he's been doing his thing. They got rid of Thielen. They got rid of Kendricks. They're, you know, moving on from some older guys. They're trying to get, they're likely going to move on from Dalvin Cook. They're likely going to move on from the, Dar- the Darius Smith. Um, who knows what happens with Daniel Hunter. Harrison Smith is pretty close to be on his way out too. Like things are moving in the right direction. Um, and so it's too it's still too early to judge on like how well things are going for Quasi Do but I mean taking what he was given in his first year and help and the team winning thirteen games, I think is a really good start. So I can't be mad about that.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I like the job he's done overall. But there are some things that you can kind of look at, especially this offseason, where it is a young general manager trying to learn his stripes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there were a lot of desperate moves last year to go for a first round playoff loss. Cause like they never said the word Super Bowl when they were talking about this team, like right. we're going to get in the tournament and see what happens. And we're going to win the North and we're going to do all this stuff. Like that is their goal every year is to win the NFC North because yeah. they get a home playoff game. It didn't mean anything last year. No. So when you look back at last year, you look at some of the moves that quasi made. Um, a lot of people are applauding the TJ Hawkinson, trade and there's a good reason to do that but it almost seems like overkill in hindsight because hawkinson was brought in because adam thielen declined Mm -hmm. that's why it happened and Eric smith
1: wasn't playing
0: correct correct and the whole kj osborne thing also was a big question mark um that was kind of weird um i'm very interested to see how kj does this year i'll put it that way but when i look at this draft class it is loaded at tight end one yeah. guy that i know very well <laughs> from my time at the brookings register is tucker craft mm-hmm. who is i believe six five you know 260 pounds yep you know he ran a 448 to 452 at his pro day oh wow and yes the dude can now this first one was like a little higher in the four fives but um four five people, for that guy that size is still but yes but fast. yes very fast um he is tight end six in this class. This class is deep. So when I look at TJ Hawkinson, I go, yeah, great. We're going to, we're going to pay him. He's going to be a Viking for a long, long time. But I asked like, would the Vikings have just been okay if they didn't do that? Because they would still have their second round pick, which we talked about Trey Lance a little bit. Wouldn't it be nice to just dangle a second rounder to the 49ers? Yep. Like, Hey, take it or leave it. Or even dip into this tight end class and hope for the best. They still sign, would have signed Josh Oliver anyway. I think that was just something they wanted to do. Yeah. But you look at that and you look at some of the other trades that were made, like Jalen Rager, not great. Ross Blacklock, not great. You're down fourth and sixth round picks because of those. And the biggest thing with Quacy is that I think he tipped his hand this offseason. Like there were some moves that everybody could see coming a mile away, like releasing Eric Hendricks and Adam Thielen. But Dalvin Cook and Zadarius Smith are yeah. two players that you could have gotten something in return for. And they're about to be released because everybody knows you want to get rid of them yeah. now. Uh, part of that was because zadarius had that weird post on his social media account. <laughs> Bye. Like, D- Dalvin Cook, it's kind of <laughs> like you had trade offers right away then. Mm-hmm. Even with a bad shoulder, people were offering you stuff mm-hmm. reporting we don't know if that's true or not but you know we don't know what's happening with cook there we know there is a 0% chance he's coming back next and maybe you could be generous and give it like 2 or 3 but i mean the way his agent is talking the way that the vikings have talked about dalvin cook i would be shocked if he's in the backfield next year yeah. uh zadarius smith very same way because he wants more money and the vikings are like no we we have to like allocate this somewhere else like, if you're GM, why would you give up anything for these guys? And they were substantial parts to the Vikings team. Even like Daniil Hunter now skipping OTAs, that drives that price down because yeah. people know he's pissed off and unhappy. Yeah. And they know they have to give him a giant contract if they sign him. So, I mean, Quasi is young. He's still navigating this. But I, I, I would put him in like either the middle third or the bottom third as of right now.
1: I put him in the. I don't blame him for making the the Hawkinson trade because they were they were cruising, they were winning a lot of games, and I think in the NFL, you know, you're not guaranteed to win that many games every year. And I think they were just they were trying to take advantage of their their success last season, so they made a move like Hawkinson, who who they thought could help them more than someone like Thielen or KJ Osborne could. So I don't blame him for doing that. Um, the Rager trade is weird. The Blacklock trade is weird. Um, so yeah, but but. Yeah, I think he's middle of the pack right now. Like I said, still too early. Like the draft class that he had last year, they could, they could all make an impact this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're trying to do that. Uh, So that's still out there. It's hard to, you can't judge that too early, but uh, I'd, I'd keep him right, right in the middle for now. It's just, it's, it's too early. And um, yeah, he's, he made some mistakes, but. He's a he was a rookie he should be G.
0: Perfect. No GM makes yeah. mistakes. Yes, yeah,
1: definitely not. Rick Spielman never did that. He never drafted Never. Kristen, never drafted Chris Kristen Ponder. He never drafted uh the German Randy Moss uh for <laughs> no reason. He used a draft pick on that. He never drafted I- a kicker, he had drafted two kickers, he drafted a punter, he drafted two long snappers.
0: Can we so. can we go back to the German Randy Moss thing? Because that's hilarious to me. Oh it's still funny to me. It's like, such a PR pick. Well, it, it, a, it absolutely was. And I remember watching it, and like, you know, uh Rich Eisen and like those guys on NFL Network, they were so happy he got drafted, and they're just like, MOBO, yeah, look at him, he's like cool, and then he gets the minicamp, and he's like, I don't like Z do not call me Z Oh. Like I don't know if like Mike Zimmer I Like they I wanted nothing back, to do with him Back in the day Nothing. To do with remember him. <laughs> I, I don't know how big of a Simpsons fans You are but remember when Santa's little helper Like ran away and then Mr. Burns Caught him and like they turned like him the into a killer episode, And they right? like they like pried his eyes Open watching like highlights of Like dogs getting like <laughs> you know, hit with newspapers and stuff. And like, he turns into a, like this murderous killer. That's exactly what I think with Mobo. Mobo was probably like, I get to go to America and play, play to see football. I, I'm like, I guess he sounds like Borat or something, but he's like, I get to play Z football and play with Mike Zimmer. And like, he met Mike Zimmer and he's like, you're a killer now. I hate you. Um, he's, a, he's a tight end now. Yeah, is it, oh. he still bouncing around with like uh, that international program? No, or he's whatever. a
1: he's a he's a free agent. He I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now. He uh, t- 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 let's see right it's now. Very- He's back. He, I think he's back in the German football league, was his most recent team. is with he was with the, the Vikings and then he went with the Bang he was with the Bengals for three seasons as like a Yeah, because I,
0: I remember the NFL had some kind of international exemption program where like if you had an international, like if you found somebody who played rugby in like Australia or something, you could bury him on your depth chart for like a couple of years as a practice squad guy or something. Yeah. But um yeah, I, but it is returned- like one of the funniest picks, picks in recent <coughs> memory is just him coming up and be like, I do not like Z Mobo. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, um, he, re- he
1: returned uh, to the German Football League in 2021 and he had nine touchdowns. So
0: remember he's, his, he's like, bad. I'm just going on and on about this, but remember his highlights too? There's like guys that are like half his size. He's playing as like, eighth graders. Yeah, it's like that uh, adult swim thing. I don't remember the exact, but he's like tossing guys around just like, yeah. Fiving like linebackers and stuff. Like he yeah.
1: does, he, I will say this: he does have a crazy what spider chart where yeah. it's just, just he tested off the chart. Can't Six play Rao, football.
0: why not? Right. Can't
1: play football, but he
0: tested <laughs> off the charts. So. Billy, this is Mort's Bullringer. Uh yeah. he tested off the charts. His defect, he cannot play football. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's look at uh some of the top GMs in the league just very quickly, uh, on Greg Rosenthal's list. Uh, Number five, he had John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan of 49ers fame. Number four, he had Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott of the Bills. Number three, Duke Tobin of the Bengals. Number two, Brett Beach of the Chiefs. And number one, Howie Roseman of the Eagles. Weird the top two Super Bowl teams would be at the top of the list. I I don't know. I always say this about the Bengals.
1: I keep an eye on them not being able to sign Joe Burrow. You think? They are a cheap franchise and he's gonna want a lot of fully guaranteed money.
0: And right now, Bengals can't afford to pay him. They- it took it took forever for the Bengals to even build an indoor practice facility. Right. Like Pat McAfee had to like rib them for like three years straight to get it built. And they actually they just sold naming rights to their stadium. Something they said they would never do. Because well, maybe they, they know what's coming. Yeah, maybe they, they are they know to do what's that. coming. Okay. Like yeah. imagine, imagine being a franchise. Like Vikings fans haven't had this franchise quarterback in forever. And imagine if like the Wolves were like, God, we don't want to pay this guy. Like, oh no, the Vikings used to Gilber- be like that. They used which, to be, like, yeah, the cheap back franchise. In the day. Yeah, they they were because they gave Dante Culpepper that big uh, hundred million dollar contract. Like two cents were guaranteed. They were known in like the
1: eighties and and nineties as like one of the cheapest franchises. Like they they would lowball
0: you. But it's a it's amazing in this day and age because there's so much revenue. Like NFL Sunday ticket costs like six hundred bucks right now (laughs) for everybody, and like you're sitting there being like, I ain't paying Justin Herbert. This sucks. Why do we have to pay a quarterback? Like, really?
1: That's not even your money, (laughs) dude. Just give it to him.
0: Oh shit! Uh, Worst GMs: George Payton of the Broncos. Oh, poor guy. One of us. Uh, Nick Casario of the Texans. I actually wrote this in reverse. So actually it's, uh, he only ranked 25. So he had seven of them as like two new, Mm -hmm. but, uh, Scott Fitter of the Panthers, Nick Casario of the Texans and George Payton of the Broncos. That dude, Mm -hmm. my God, like we were remember, I remember when like Rick Spielman was kind of on the fence back in 2019 before Kyle Rudolph pushed off and that went over the saints and they're like, yeah, uh. Kevin Stefanski and, and George, George Payton, Payton. are yep. the future, yep. and oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It could have been different. Because,
1: it could have been different because I don't know. Payton kind of. I don't know how much input he had on on the hiring of of Nathaniel Hackett and and the trading for Russell Wilson. I'm sure he had plenty of you know input, and he helped. Put the trade together and everything, but I'm sure that was facilitated facilitated by other people in the building that and and Nathaniel
0: know, Hackett was hired because they wanted Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yes, yes. Just like, like the why Jets hired
0: gets- Nathaniel Hackett as their and they're not going to get Aaron Rodgers. I I so hope that trade doesn't go through. So like they sign Randall Cobb and be like, what the hell do we do with Randall Cobb? And shit. Um, well, what hap- What happens? Like what
1: happens if if that doesn't? What do the Packers do? They're just like just um just take your money and just hang out in your darkness retreat or whatever. I guess. Well, we're gonna play with Jordan Love. Like, what
0: do you do? I, I still want it to be like WWE where Aaron Rodgers just shows up. Like there's just like the lights go out and all of a sudden there's like these psychedelic lights and like somebody called my mom and like Aaron Rodgers is just walking out, just like drugged out. Like, how did I get here, man? I don't even know. Like I was with the Packers one minute and then I blinked (laughs) and went into my darkness to retreat. And I took, I took like some uppers and downers and like some, some other type of pills. And like, I had to go see a doctor because it's been four hours. Anyway, uh, that is all the time we have for today on the Viking age podcast. We do this every Monday and Thursday night right here on the Viking age YouTube channel, but we're also in podcast form the very next day. So like comment, share and subscribe. So you never miss a new episode. I am Chris Shad. He is Adam Patrick, and we will see you on Monday.